Grand Moff Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. Welcome to Grand Moff Tarkin, delicately curated, long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your host, Riley. I'm eating pasta. Jake, that's me, and Isaac. I'm eating a cookie. Oh my goodness. This episode, none of them are good. This one, everybody is eating into the microphone. Not me. I'm a respectful host and a person who happens to not be very hungry right now. Uh-huh. So guys... We're talking about three movies this week. We have struggled to succinctly talk about one movie. For some reason, we think we could talk about three in a reasonable amount gonna, of time. This is gonna be what so are you proposing? There is <laughs> an actual time limit. Let I have speak. to. <laughs> I said we fight. We didn't talk about it on Rogue One, but that character who yells, "What is she proposing?" That's the funniest thing when people yell in the I background and stuff like that in a you crowd can, scene in a movie. You can tell it's all like after the fact because they total they squeeze ADR. it in just enough time for her to then start her next line, but it's great. It, it hey, it makes me cry every time. <laughs> all right. Let him finish his meal. <laughs> Let me finish my There's meal. a long way to go. Uh Riley tries to poison us all basically. He made the spiciest food in the history yeah, of America. Funny story behind. <laughs> funny thing about that, we all almost died while I was cooking. Yeah. So if uh, my voice sounds weird, it's because I was inhaling just straight pepper for like 90 minutes. You were just essentially pouring pepper down my throat. Mm. Yeah, but this is really good. Yeah. That meal you made, you like it a lot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no kidding. So, we're talking about the original trilogy. The original trilogy. How many movies were in the original trilogy? There had to have been at least four or five. Yeah. And we're talking about it because the prequels and the new movies, they're fresher. And the prequels in particular, there's a surface-level discussion. People don't go too in-depth with them. We've talked about this before, but we'll reset for new listeners. There's a lot of discussion to be had about these movies because there's new stuff to discover about them, particularly the new movies. Uh, the original trilogy, we love them, of course. They are the foundation of Star Wars. So we're talking about the original trilogy all podcast long, and we wanted to combine it because obviously we love them so much. At a certain point, you're just saying, it's great. It's great. It's great. So we don't want to beat a dead horse. I have a feeling something weird. So that's that usually happen. what I do on the weekends anyway, so we don't need to do it anymore than I usually do. <laughs> so we'll talk... Got a big old horse corpse I just <laughs> beat the tar out of. Hey man, that's in not in my spare time. You shouldn't do that. Why not? It's, it's not. De- it's dead. Ah, good point. No, <laughs> beat it all you want. So the, I think if you're a regular listener of the show, which would be hard which to imagine. Which of course you are. Of course. Now, there has been a thing that has been talked about in the very first episode of our show. Mm-hmm. Isaac, Is that what we're starting with? I think we need to address okay. the elephant. I think we need to address the, the White Stripes album Elephants in the room. In the trench. In the trench. If you're a new Sounds listener. Sounds like a pretty hard button to button. Why is it the hardest? Isaac described himself <laughs> as the nice one. And yet his opinion of a certain scene is stupid. Very mean. And mean. And wrong. But he's going to talk about it after eating a big pile of cookies okay. like a real annoying person. This is the same. No, don't, 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 don't. He just took the biggest bite imaginable of a cookie before he started talking. Okay. What we're talking about is the trench run. The we're going to start run. with A New Hope. We all love A New Hope, I think. <laughs> and Isaac expressed that the trench run 
was a poop stain. You <laughs> referred to it in such fiercely negative terms. No human being with a heart and two eyes was prepared for this opinion. Let's hear your stupid thoughts on this. Oh, boy. It's... It's so indefensible, my opinion of this. It's <laughs> I agree. It is the the most scorching take that I have on the entire Star Wars franchise. We have a lot of hot takes far. on the show. If you're a new listener, go back, but maybe do it in the freezer section of your local Walmart. Or Kroger. It's, or Kroger. Or, or Half-Price price Books. books. <laughs> go where they keep the cold stuff, because like, this podcast gets a little fiery sometimes. The, the problem is, like... This is adjacent to, like, Skip Bayless hates LeBron James for reasons that involve just him being, like, a character on TV who needs to have this opinion. I don't need sure. to so have this Isaac opinion. Isaac is just a character. But, well, I don't need to oh, hate the boy. trench run. And I don't think I hate the trench run, but I just find myself this... I will say this. Of all the important scenes in the original trilogy that are, like, the tent poles, like the, the trench run, the binary sunset, the attack on Hoth, the... Sure. Uh, the Jabba stars, sail barge, the stars <laughs> overall from start to finish. Absolutely, from stars to finish. <laughs> it's it's so indefensible. It's just of all the iconic scenes in the original trilogy, this one clicks for me the least, and I don't know why. There, so you, it just doesn't connect with you. It's you're wrong, but okay. <laughs> the closest thing I can compare it to is having to read a piece of classic literature in school, where. You can appreciate... Now, most people, if they're smart, they like reading classic literature. Pray tell. I then just mispronounced the word literature. <laughs> literature. Literature. Okay, so it is like, it's really just like, it's it's something that just doesn't connect with me. I remember as a child, I loved the lightsaber duel so much in Return of the Jedi. And I remember, it was just kind of like a victim of the fact that Return of the Jedi mirrored the end of A New Hope so closely. Except with A New Hope, you didn't get a lightsaber duel to cut in the middle of mm. the the trench run sequence and just my personal tastes i prefer space sure. battles not very much i started i was gonna say i prefer lightsaber battles but i said space battles first <laughs> i had to kind of take that rewind it back a little peek behind the curtain it's a combination of those factors and it's it was tremendous for its time it is iconic oh, it is God. essential to star wars it is listeners just hit the fast forward button for a little bit it is I'll such an important scene but I just don't connect with it, and I'm yeah. so sorry for our listeners out there. I wish you I could, should apologize for yeah, having an opinion. Take you on apologize this ride, to us, please, because <laughs> we had to listen to it first. <laughs> and Riley's gonna have to listen to it a lot because he edits the episodes. <laughs> Is that good enough for you guys? Is there anything else you'd like to ask me? Because that's the best yes. I can come up with. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's fine. <laughs> we didn't really care to begin with, but no, I really, Wait, I really did want to know because that yeah, I wonder if there was a reason. Yeah, because A New Hope, I think, uh, is the best Star Wars movie. Objectively, I think it's a perfect movie. I think that the trench run is uh, a perfect climax to a movie. It's just a flawlessly directed, orchestrated shot action scene. Great Every emotional payoffs when Han comes back. And Absolutely. And the fact that you don't get a lot of movies like this anymore where there is such I mean, it's literally a linear goal. They are going down one straight line, going to the goal, and it's a physical like mm -hmm. finish line that you can see. It's a, usually in movies, people have an obscure goal. It's not a literal finish line unless it's like Cars, Cars Two, or Cars Three. In this movie is a lot like Cars, is what I'm trying to say, <laughs> but even better. 
Uh, yeah, Trench Run, at least as good as Cars 2. Probably. <laughs> You've heard it here first. <laughs> and this apparently very sad and disturbing Cars 3. <laughs> this very ominous marketing they keep doing. No, I'm into I'm into the Trench Run. Um, ha- about half the reason I'm in into Star Wars is space stuff. So yeah. give me a space battle. It's not the most exciting space battle, but it is a space battle. That's interesting. I like oh. my friends, like Jack Porkins, Big sure. Dark Lighter, all these, these poor guys who friends. die. No, it's okay. So it's obvious, like you guys like this. Is there any uh, part of the original trilogy that does not connect with you guys on a level that it it does for the general populace? So we're just going to get into our bad opinions right away. Yeah, Is that what it. we should do? Yeah, yeah. Boy, oh boy. So we're just going to intentionally alienate listeners and infuriate them right off the bat. Well, okay. I've got a lot of opinions. Not okay. the opinions that you would think about Return of the Jedi. A lot of that movie doesn't click with me. Not a lot of the movie. It's Jabba's, that whole scene, isn't it? Tattoo Jabba's Palace is a slog a little bit for mm-hmm. me. I don't think it's a very well-paced scene. I just think it drags on for a little bit too long. And I love Star Wars. I, we talked about, if you've listened to our prequel episodes, I think if nothing else, our podcast has demonstrated that you can love something wholeheartedly and have problems with it at the same time. Except I me. love, well, <laughs> Isaac has some emotional issues that he needs to work out through this show. It's That's part of why we're here. The only thing I love. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac's wife, please come on the show. Everything we, about uh, needs to be perfect. <laughs> Jabba's Palace is not great for me. A larger issue I have, now this might be the most fiery take of them all. It's not as fiery as a trench run. I don't love Mark Hamill's performance in Return of the Jedi. And I don't love what? Harrison Ford's performance in Return of the I Jedi. I thought my take was bad. Holy guacamole. Think, take. And I don't know if it's the performance or if it's the dialogue. I think it's real stilted. I think all of Luke's dialogue is very, Jabba, I've come to your palace to be a Jedi. And I talk like this now. Because once you're a Jedi, you talk like a boy. Yeah, because weirdo. he's a little boy still trying to pretend that he's a Jedi. I you're watching the movie wrong. He's I... pretending he's a Jedi. He's had pretending he's a Jedi. Right. Absolutely, you're he in... like he is a Jedi. You're entitled to all of your opinions, but except you, that one. If you think Obi Wan is immature when he is shoulder with all this responsibility, Luke has had even less training. But what about Luke's? Okay, what about Luke's knowledge of Jedi would have him be? I can't use emotions in my voice anymore. I have to talk like a weird person. Whatever Yoda taught him. I don't know. Whatever Yoda is very emphatic and Obi-Wan is very charismatic. I don't understand. All the addicts <laughs> of the clones are happening. I, it's not a bad movie by any stretch yeah, of the imagination. No. I love watching it. For We're some reason, Star Wars. it's something I... And you know what? I think we all like Star Wars quite a yeah. bit. I actually am a person who... I don't understand the hate for the Ewoks at all. I think it's... And boy, fiery take number 17 coming at you. <laughs> I think a lot of the Ewok hate comes from people who are self-conscious about the fact that Star Wars is for kids. Mm, they don't yes. like being yeah. reminded of that. No, that's absolutely you know, like right. Like teddy bears, that has a subconscious reaction to me. I need to push these feelings down <laughs> deep inside and not acknowledge them. That was something that I didn't know was a controversy until I knew the internet existed. Like, yeah, most of my yeah. most of the prequel stuff too. I didn't, you know, I didn't have like ready access to the internet when I was a kid, and so I didn't know about all the hatred until you know, past like Ten years or so. Mm-hmm. So, would there have been like cooler action if it took place on Kashyyyk, like let originally? Me, let me say something. Maybe, about that. but what? But I like it still. Here's why that wouldn't have worked as well, because the Ewoks are underdogs. Yeah, Kashyyyk can reap. <laughs> reap. First of all, they can reap what they sow. <laughs> they can also rip people's arms off. They say you reap. Yeah, they're humo- They're bigger than everybody. They're yeah. bigger than all the stormtroopers. It would. It would just be like. 
a YouTube greatest hits montage of Wookiees yeah. being that, awesome, which sounds cool, hey, but man. it would have no dramatic tension to Th- it. That's all. always been a weird thing in the EU that like Wookiees are traditionally like an enslaved race by the Empire, which has always been really weird. That is really weird. It's in uh, Clone Wars too. It's and, all over uh, the place. Rebels. Not to get too spoilery, like with especially with what you're into right now, Jake. But that's like that narrative continues, like the enslavement of the Wookiees. Really? Yeah. That's so strange. Okay. It's still around, so I don't, yeah, I don't know what it is about Wookiees that... Is it because they're so big and powerful? Like, they are seen as... What are they doing? I only ever seen them in shackles. Because they're always portrayed as being, like, really smart, too. They're not primitive. They have all kinds of technology as Mm. well. It might right. look a little more primitive, they got but crazy it, bombs but, and stuff. Yeah, and Chewie's always great with mechanical stuff he's and good at it, chewing things. He's good. He's great with chewing, but yeah. for some reason they are just always enslaved, and I don't really get why. Yeah, I, I think that part of what makes Star Wars good is that it's an underdog story, and it's there with through all the movies really mm-hmm. that the small, scrappy underdogs have to overcome this oppressive, impossible fleet or empire or whatever and let's call them under bears it would <laughs> very good the under bears <laughs> the under bear that's fun to wear <laughs> i don't that, me undies please me. come on the show <laughs> <laughs> you know if you don't have these little creatures that it doesn't seem possible for them to defeat stormtroopers i've seen people complain it's unrealistic that they could beat the stormtroopers hey it's unrealistic that those are aliens that exist to begin with. Hey, it's yeah, unrealistic really. that the U.S. could have beat Russia in ice hockey in 1980. <laughs> what, do you believe in miracles? I think I do. What a weird reference. I only believe in them if they're on ice. Yeah. That's it. So if this was on Hoth, it would have been more believable? <laughs> yes. Miracle on Hoth. <laughs> uh, anyway, so where do we want to start with this? We got our. Well, do you have any bad opinions of Star Wars, Riley? Yeah. Um, Other than all the ones you've expressed in every episode? I think... <laughs> you shut your mouth. Um, I think... That the stormtroopers are way more conf- competent than people say. They oh. make people make fun of stormtroopers a whole lot, and I think stormtroopers are really good and have done their job every time they're supposed to. If their job is to kill people, that is not true. You're right, but that's not their job all the time. They're right, letting well, they're letting Han and Leia and Luke get off of the Death Star. What kind of Fart nonsense is coming out of your poop mouth. Because then they track the ship to find Yavin. So they intentionally uh, let them leave. You know what they could have done is they could have uh, not come out and started shooting at them. They could have yeah. just let them leave. What if they mm-hmm. accidentally... Yeah, but then... You the don't head. think that they would have been a little happy if they would have killed them? The Empire would have been like, bad job killing the bad guys. I think they were specifically told not to kill them. Right. They needed to go. You're Leia, going off. You're going off. Leia, Leia, going off Leia herself says it. They let us leave. She knows that they let him leave on purpose yeah. so they could find the position was, of the rebel base. You should really make a YouTube video of this fan theory because Obi- this feels like where it belongs. Obi-Wan <laughs> talks about how great they are. I, hey, you know we're sharing our bad opinions, and here's mine. That's <laughs> true. I don't know why I'm getting mad at you. <laughs> o- Obi-Wan <laughs> I just... says that they're precise. You know, these these aren't, you know. Yeah, that's true. These aren't Tusken Raider shots. They're they're Stormtrooper. And they're, every time that the Stormtroopers are bad at attacking people is on purpose. I think, with the exception of maybe on Bespin, as Leia and Lando are trying to leave, and they can't seem to. Well, what get about them. on Tatooine when they're running on the old Millennium Falks? Were they not trying to shoot at them then? Yeah, but they're they were like, were... we want you to go to the Death Star so that we can then track you. Han again. was Han was the only one that was not on the ship, and he got away. He's Han Solo. 
Anyway, that's right. my theory. Watch the movies with that theory that the the stormtroopers wow. are intentionally missing most. This could change of the time. everything. They're yeah. gonna have to take so many T-shirts out of the Coles. Yeah, they will. T-shirt <laughs> section. Exactly. It's, it's my a, hot international chain of. So there's yeah. my there's my hot bad take. Yeah. Well, let's get into some good takes. And I think if nothing else, we can all admit, guys, we all have stupid opinions about Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. everybody is a dumb idiot, including us, perhaps yeah. especially especially us. Yeah. yeah please we, listen. We know what's Guys, going on. Guys, I like everything about Star Wars. What does that tell you about me? <laughs> he has problems. We don't... We're concerned about Isaac. It's Please not healthy. Tweet us your concerns and uh, mm. get well wishes. <laughs> Let's start with A New Hope. Uh, is it a good movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, this movie's pretty good. Here's my second bad opinion. Uh-oh. We were only allowed one. We thought we were done with this, but... Here they when come. they get on the Death Star... Like, it starts to kind of... You know what the, A New Hope is for me? It's like a super good classic version of The Dark Knight Rises, where The Dark Knight Rises is both my favorite and least favorite superhero movie. It's like, for me, it's like disjointed, and like, parts of it are tremendous, and parts of it just... And that's with A New Hope. This is like you're taking two forks and stabbing them I'm into my ears sorry. and soul. I know how you feel about The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> I like that movie a lot. I'm just confused as you feeling that... That new hope is disjointed. Every in scene terms, in that movie logically follows to the next. It's I, one of oh, the best constructed scripts. It's a perfect movie, but for me, in terms of how it but you're an imperfect me, person who can't understand why it's good. I love every second until they get on the Death Star, and then for me, mm. I don't know. It just like starts to lose momentum for me. I'm trying to think of a worse opinion you've a ever. Worse opinion. <laughs> I can't think of one. I am I wrong in assuming and thinking? Actually, maybe I am that. No, I'm not. That um, this movie and Rogue One are the only ones that you join up with a person or a group of people and you follow that group of people all through their mission until the very end. Because in Empire, we get we switch between Leia and Han and they're Luke. They're split up. Return of the Jedi again, where where they're split up right. for parts of it. Um, Phantom Menace. At the end, there's a split, but for most of that movie, you're stuck with one group. Attack of the Clones, back and forth. Right. Revenge of the Sith, back and forth. So I think I maybe that's why I I something I like about Rogue One and and I really like about A New Hope is that you are with a group of people until they finish what they are trying to accomplish. I yeah, like that. I agree. I like a good team up movie. You know what's really interesting about this movie is that, and it's something that I would say to people who feel like certain characters perhaps in the um, and the sequel trilogy are underdeveloped. Like people will complain about how Poe Dameron doesn't really have a character, and people complain about Finn mm. uh, because th their brains are too small to understand how good movies are. But <laughs> the thing about A New Hope that you notice when you step back from the iconography of it is that there's not a lot of character development no. that happens. In fact, I, I was going back and reading some like reviews of, of, of A New Hope. Well, at the time, just Star Wars, and a lot of people pointed out that Chewie is a completely pointless character who doesn't do anything. And it's 100% true. Yeah. We love Chewie. He yells at He's one of my good friends. Of this movie. He just yells. He stands around. He shoots people. He in no way contributes to the story in any of the movies. We don't even He cut. talks to Boshek. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 We so don't that's, get much for him. That's... But... Is Chewie a great character who we love and like there's like books about him <laughs> and his species? Yes. Mm -hmm. There's more to these new characters than what's in this first movie i think and i would remind people of that i think a good comparison is that the old trilogy 
really, especially for this first movie, really relied on their actors and their chemistry together. Yes. And it was great chemistry. When you, you know, put Harrison Ford in there with anybody, it's it's probably going to be good. And and these mo- new movies have that in spades. This new group is has great chemistry together exactly. and they're all a lot of fun, really good actors and I think it's I think it's going to be okay, you guys. I mentioned this on the uh probably the attic of the clones episode that I was shocked that they didn't cast for chemistry when it came to Hayden Christensen yeah. pairing up with um Natalie Portman because their romance is going to be so important. But they specifically for the sequel trilogy and of course the original trilogy uh, many of their auditions were as a group of people in their interactions yeah. and how they acted together. And that's something that was lacking in the prequels as much as me and Isaac uh, liked them a lot. Um, so yes, the chemistry is what's important. Yeah, you know, I've had this opinion for a long, for a while. Long time. It's not, it's not a bad opinion. It's a, uh... we'll be the judges of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think for a lot of people, the thing that was missing from the prequel trilogy was w- one thing we talked, you just talked about it, what made the original trilogy so great where I think Han Solo really was kind of like the straw that stirred the drink of the cast of the original trilogy. And he was just, he played such an integral part of, he was kind of the one that was winking at the audience a lot, where he didn't have lines that were like bad K2SO jokes. K2S jokes. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be a a sub podcast we're going to start, guys. K2S jokes. K2S jokes. jokes. Yeah, just a bunch of droid jokes. What a clumsy name. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, it's, but Han Solo was like, it's, he was the one who was, maybe the most contemporary of the time they were living in that when those movies came out, he was so important to the, the flow of that movie in terms of kind of reminding us, yes, this is cheesy, but like at least one guy knows that this is cheesy. The prequels didn't really have somebody that knew what was going on was kind of weird that this was like in a different galaxy. I, I would say this, that I don't think Han Solo is winking at the audience, but he is skeptical of the main character's in the way that the audience might be. Mm-hmm. And that was, I agree. I yeah. think if the prequels were lacking one thing, it was somebody who was an outsider looking in and saying, uh, these Jedis yeah. are weirdos. If you're not winking, he's he's the conduit to the audience. Sure, he's the which, Wii game, the conduit. If you're not winking so, with me, then you are my enemy. <laughs> what I was going to... Enemy! <laughs> you're my enemy. <laughs> so the here's what the Star Wars movies are not. They're not cynical, and they don't, wink at the audience han solo is skeptical of what's happening but he has motivations in the movie and he understands the urgency despite not understanding the or agreeing with or believing in the mythology of the jedis the thing the jedi thank you apologies before tweets and riley's mouth starts happening i did i let this one i let this one slide but you caught yourself it is hard for me to not say jedis um i think it's up to opinion a thing that definitely we've not. talked about this before. Star Wars is important to me as a series because it is and should be devoid of cynicism. And I don't like the idea of having characters in Star Wars that are winking at the audience and, and taking you out of the action saying, Guys, isn't this a crazy situation? <laughs> Guys, uh, look at this Star Wars. That was my day's early impression. Isn't that's this a, a crazy situation? That's a good K2S joke. <laughs> K2S joke. <laughs> It's a problem that I've talked about it before. I, I do think that Marvel movies, the the lesser ones, fall into the trap of constantly undercutting truly dramatic moments with a little joke. And that's not a thing that ever happens in Star Wars. You'll notice mm-hmm. that. Han Solo is he doesn't have like 
jokes in this movie. No. He's just skeptical, and because of his attitude and his performance, you're you're laughing and you're enjoying it because of the tension it creates between the characters, it's, not because he has one-liners that are so hilarious. It's humorous. It's not funny. He doesn't have K2-ass jokes. <laughs> uh, that's a thing that's really good about Wonder Woman, by the way, is that the Steve Trevor, you'll notice this. He's very Han Solo-like. He's very skeptical and not understanding of this weird fantasy world, but he also understands the urgency, and he never is winking at the audience like, but what? That's what I don't like, and that's what Star Wars is about to me. Yeah, you're right, because Han Solo is not in any way removed from the action, because, like, especially in The Empire Strikes Back, how, yes, like, it is funny, like, between him, like, between Han and Leia, but that pull that Han has toward Leia, like, of course he's trying to play it off, but, like, he's not doing a great job at it, honestly. I mean, you see the romantic tension between them, so, yeah, he is, like woven into the into the fabric of the original trilogy he can't get out of it and that's yeah good stuff that's a can i guys i mentioned a movie called wonderful woman can i read a quote can i just get a wonder man movie for once please (laughs) when are we gonna get a male superhero in a movie please this is ridiculous and you know what Shouldn't they have just been happy with Electra and Catwoman? <laughs> no one was we happy gave them with two Electra. chances. That was it forever. Aren't they happy with one female being in every Marvel movie <laughs> and being the romantic interest and nothing else for a lot of the time? Almost like a token, if you will. How, can we step aside from Sarge for a second? How ridiculous is it that Black Widow has another movie? It's she's the crazy. best part of every yeah, movie she's ever she in. She really is. All right. Well, this quote is from Patty Jenkins, who directed Wonder Woman. I read this. This is in an interview from yesterday, and she's talking about Wonder Woman. A lot of people are praising how old-fashioned it feels. It reminds a lot of people of Superman the movie, and the interviewer asked her about the movie being cheesy. People refer to Star Wars as being cheesy a lot. I read this quote. You know, people are like, Star Wars is supposed to be cheesy. I always like the word earnest. That's But here's what she says. I thought it was a really good quote. So, begin quote. (laughs) Did you say cheesy? Cheesy is one of the words banned in my world. I'm tired of sincerity being something we have to be afraid of doing. It's been like that for 20 years that the entertainment and art world has shied away from sincerity, real sincerity, because they feel they have to wink at the audience because that's what the kids like. We have to do the real stories now. The world is in crisis. I wanted to tell a story about a hero who believes in love, who's filled with love, who believes in change and the betterment of mankind. I believe in it. It's, a, it's terrible when it makes so many artists afraid to be sincere and truthful and emotional and relegates them to the too-cool-for-school department. Art is supposed to bring beauty to the world. That summed up a lot of my opinions on, on Star Wars, yeah, too. It's a is a perfect paragraph of talking. Patty Jenkins is a gangster. <laughs> she is awesome. Anytime anybody says anything vaguely derogatory, she doesn't, like, get mad. She just, like, She has the right thing to say. Basically like Bane style breaks their back over her <laughs> knee but in a subtle way so yeah that's the thing with Star Wars is it's there's a lot of emotional honesty to it it's why I can excuse well you know the the romance in all these movies are real cheesy but they're so honest you can tell that George Lucas just believes in it and that the characters mm. really believe in it and maybe now you don't think George Lucas believes in Han and Leia I I got more to say about George Lucas in Love Life later. Oh, oh no! Is that like stay tuned for this weirdness. dumb conspiracy where like Uh-oh. he was going through a divorce and returned the Jedi, and he put in a bunch of like 
crazy misogynist overtones in the. Uh... Is that true? <laughs> no, I don't believe I, that. But he I was going through a divorce. About that. He was going through divorce. He was going through divorce. His, his wife, the Jedi. Marcia, was his editor, right, for the original trilogy. You're not with me. You're she has my been. Editor. She has been. She's been written out of the all the special edition as the editor. She's no longer. Is in. that true? Yes, That's I did crazy. not. Know the editor that. is now different on all the special edition. That is you cannot buy. You cannot buy a, an edition of Star Wars where she is in the credits. And, That's bananas. And there, there's. Yes, I be, I think he believes in love, and yes, I think he earnestly was trying to make the Han and Leia romance work. But also, I think yeah, there's. I, I don't know about Episode Two, though. I the prequel. I guess this I is something I should have brought up. In him the at his most ones, earnest. It's his really? least successful. But I think that's mm. all George. Lucas. I was going to say that that's kind of emotion is all nine year old's love letter. That's yeah, all that's, earnestness and when you. What's amazing, if you read the making of Star Wars books that J.W. Rinsler wrote, he has a lot of excerpts of the original scripts of the movies. So George Lucas, let's talk about Empire for a little bit. Mm -hmm. People, there's this revisionist history that George Lucas has nothing to do with make, with what makes Star Wars great. And it's a stupid opinion for dumb people with small brains. <laughs> That's a little harsh. That's, but it's, it's, it's not. You keep saying it over and over. It's, it's eventually fact. <laughs> it's, I just like being mean. So it... But it's not true. Like, you can read George Lucas's script for Empire. It is exactly the same. Now, what's different is that the dialogue is not yeah. very good. Mm -hmm. Lawrence Kasdan came in and wrote great dialogue for the movie. But people like to diminish George's role in, the, in what makes Star Wars successful. And I think that people underestimate how involved he was with every minute detail of the making of those movies. I mean, that's why he wanted to step away from directing is because he felt like he could control the movie more if he wasn't the one that had to point the camera. Yeah. Now, the Marsha Lucas stuff is really unfortunate because yeah. she is a huge part of what made Star Wars great. But I, I also think it's it's kind of a weird thing where it's unfortunate to assume that he also had nothing good to do with the rest of the movies. No, I'm not saying that. I'm, 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 I'm saying, saying that, that other people say that. Oh, okay. That well, is all like comment sections of yeah man it's so much better the less george is involved that's the sound that every comment commenter on any far on be it from makes. us to criticize people for hot takes but i don't think he needs to be less involved i think there needs to be other people involved oh i agree art a lot of times not all the time it's better when you're collaborating with yeah. people so anyway that was empire and I, and, well and i think <laughs> i think really. the ot i think it's i think it's obvious in the ot that he is it's a collaboration because you've got people like kirshner who come in and and make the dialogue better you've got the actors like harrison ford who everyone knows the story of him improvising mm. i love you i know right do you think hayden christensen did that with any of his lines no i do not so i i think these really shine through that it that they are a collaboration while george is the main force behind everything and and ultimately the guy who decides everything there's there seems to be a lot of collaboration and i think it shows through hey, george george what if i said it and the me that's great that you should do that okay let me say something about this yeah to, to riley I want to yeah, say it to this. Face over what's here. this this that's on your mind all right so you don't like this colin trevorrow i don't like colin trevorrow that much because he's directed two movies and yeah you don't like him I don't so like him. i think he's uninspired would you say his safety is not guaranteed if he comes on the show <laughs> wow you know what that's a quote I don't imagine you'll see in any review headlines when that movie comes out. I think it'll just be <laughs> totally... No. Okay. Richard Marquand. Yeah. Oh my God. No. Yeah. 
I, I know what you're saying. Something. I know what you're saying. Even Irvin Kirshner, a fine director, mm-hmm. more similar to Ryan Johnson than Colin Trevorrow, but yeah. not like, whoa, they got Irvin Kirshner of all the directors in the world. No one was like, yay! It was kind of like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I just wanted you to put that in your pipe and smoke it for a second. <laughs> yeah, but I think Kirshner was known for being a, a good director with actors. He was a director's director. Directors liked him. Yeah, and I think he he had a reputation for doing well with dialogue and with people talking to each other and things like that. And I think some of the best that type of stuff is in Empire. Yeah. Can I say one more thing about Colin Trevor? I don't know why I brought it up and just fed you this platter of Colin Trevor hate. But this was interesting. Now, there was, and I don't think we've talked about it. There was a piece by Vanity Fair about episode eight. I think we should talk for at least three hours about it. But they interviewed Kathleen Kennedy. She talked about Colin Trevor. I think it was this interview. It might have been a different Coffee. But she said that they picked Colin Trevorrow because she loved... Safety not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Weird that you would think Star Wars after seeing such a movie. And uh, after a strong recommendation from a close friend of his, Brad Bird. Yeah. Now, what does that tell you? They went to Brad Bird. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> And he no, said, no. Yeah. But I have an old uh, film school buddy who is not doing anything. I just think there's a sea of directors. Brad man. Bird is the Get guy someone that with I would a want vision. to do it. Yeah. Get someone with a vision. He's doing Incredibles 2, which I also really want. I know. So, yeah. hey. I, we were really not talking about the original trilogy oh, a lot. Listen, <laughs> they're so good. They're so good. Yeah, we like them. My, I wonder sometimes the the prequel suffered from it too. I, it's, I think it, this hasn't been the first time it's mentioned before, but Star Wars was almost a victim of its own success in terms of how A New Hope was just, it's the perfect movie, like from... Really from a, a film perspective overall, but just from like... A from block, stars to wars. And act from... Just the stars, honestly, yeah, on this show. It's true. But it's an action movie, a blockbuster movie. All of those elements came together. It really is a perfect film. And then it was followed up with The Empire Strikes Back, which it feels like every film since has been trying to capture the tone of. <laughs> it's like it's... You know what does it really well? Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It's pretty good. It is Empire note for note. It's pretty good. But it doesn't feel like Empire. It's a very good movie. Hopefully. Were you talking about this, Jake, earlier? Probably. Or maybe it was a different podcast I was listening to. Someone <laughs> mentioned this. They're going like if it was going smart, through it was the uh, the Rinsler book for Empire Strikes Back, how that was kind of like a perfect storm of everything going right. It was a, a real lightning in a bottle. Move me, move me, <laughs> <laughs> throw me, what? move me, kiss me, <laughs> kill me. <laughs> yeah, the um, I, I don't think that was me that said that, but it is absolutely true. It's one of those things where <laughs> we talked about Malcolm Gladwell before the ten thousand hour rule, <laughs> but um. One thing that he talks about, that that book, uh, Outliers, is kind of trying to figure out why successful people are successful. Why is Bill Gates Bill Gates and not somebody else who's just as smart as him? Yeah. It comes down to being in the right place at the right time. It is all that. And most successes, there's a lot of movies that are rediscovered later because they came out at the wrong time. Star Wars would have come out a little earlier or a little later. Wouldn't have worked. But, um, yeah, Empire, there, I, what, do we, what do we want to talk about on this show? I don't know. I would like 
Well, I don't know, because see, then it's like kind of into our Force episode. But I like. Let's delve into I, it. A I think bit. the Luke and Yoda stuff on Dagobah is my favorite part of Empire. Okay, it's my I, favorite part of all of Star Wars. It's let so me good. give me like one second here. I talked about how Padme's ruminations is my favorite scene from Star Wars. My second favorite, and if I want to go like a tie for first, like if that's my favorite dramatic scene, my f- this is going across all movies, like. Maybe my favorite scene of comedy ever. Oh, this brother. clicks for me when, from the moment of "Away, oh, put your weapon. I mean you no harm." That scene for me, comedically, I I love it. I, it's it good is, stuff. I like any human who like has the the gumption to admit it. I enjoy physical humor just as we all do, even though like like Screen Rant told me not to. But wow, I don't know what opinion you're trying to get across here. <laughs> but I love Muppets and the physical humor. And it all—it's like for me personally, I just find that scene hilarious. I laugh out loud every time. I love it. We talked about the prequels. We should probably be talking about it. Might have been good to discuss this beforehand. Is how the prequels tie into these movies. Hmm. Yoda is probably my favorite Star Wars character. Period. And I guess I said period. I don't need to talk anymore. But no, <laughs> what I love about Yoda—the prequel trilogy—adds something to him for me. He was always my favorite as a kid. But what you get the sense of is that he wasn't always enlightened to the degree that even he thought he was. He was always seen as very wise. But his demeanor is very different in the prequels. And his philosophy on things is very different. To me, I like to think that, because we've talked about it, the Jedi are a bunch of weirdos. They're very automatic dog-like and not very... (laughs) You know, they were they were creeps and weirdos. Automatic dog for the people. And they they thought they were right about everything, and it turns out they weren't. And so I like to think that when Yoda went to Dagobah, and you get a little bit of this in the last season of the Clone Wars, that's when his true enlightenment happened. That's when Qui-Gon truly showed him how expansive and powerful the Force is. And so when you see him in Empire... It's like the culmination of his character arc. Mm-hmm. Like he has finally arrived, and now he is that wise Jedi. Do you agree that he has a bit of an arc, or is he always kind of the same to you? I don't no, know. he changes for sure, because I cannot stand Yoda in the prequels. You may have mentioned this. I, I think I mentioned it. He's a, uh, I think he's just a giant idiot, and I don't like him in the prequels. That's really mean to one of my I know, I'm sorry. Yoda. But that being said, he is one of the best characters after that. He is really yeah, yeah. good in the OT. One little like just little line that is informed by the prequels that just makes it so good is how Yoda kind of gives Luke like the you're such an idiot pat on the head <laughs> when like Luke's talking about he was a great warrior. Huh, wars not, make not one great. Right. The way he just dismisses that line, it's like Yoda has been through so much and has been through an entire Clone War where yeah. he thought he was doing the right thing and he's learned from Qui-Gon, he's learned from his own experience. That was not the case. And now someone else like comes along and is talking about a great war is like, good grief. War does not make you great. Are you stupid? Obi-Wan goes through a similar arc, I would say, because yes. he's he is um, one of the few Jedi remaining, and he realizes how badly they handled everything after Revenge of the Sith. He had a little time to think about and it. And then he's got all those years to think about it. <laughs> what is <laughs> happening? Why did we... it happen and what is happening? Remember in A New Hope when Obi-Wan says, I was once a Jedi Knight, like... Like your father. He said he was once a Jedi Knight. You fought in the Clone Wars? Yes. I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. 
Are those the exact he, words? I don't remember. Yeah, he says, I was once a Jedi. I was once a Jedi knight like your father. He says it in the past tense, like... Let's pull it up on YouTube. Do we, if that is true, lying, why wouldn't you believe me? <laughs> I just make this crap up you're for fun because I hate this podcast. I want to lie fail. and you are a liar. <laughs> but the fact that he says it's like, that's, I mean, we, we have people like Ahsoka right now and like Kanan and stuff like that in, in the cartoons. But I feel like Obi-Wan was almost like the first one to this ball where he was almost disassociated himself from the Jedi Order. Except then he said he his like main goal is to tell Luke to go train and become a Jedi with Yoda. So like I I get what you're saying that he might, but he still obviously is okay with being a Jedi because that's what he wants Luke to do. That was actually a very good theory, Isaac. I, no, I like it. <laughs> that was very interesting. And maybe 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 it can be both. Maybe he doesn't consider himself a Jedi anymore because he I was 100 right because he failed in what he did. I just honestly I'm honestly but, not sure if that's what he says in that scene. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I'll have to look it up. I'll I'll throw in a clip and the listeners will know this whole time while we're wondering. Yay! So that's really cool. What what is neat about the way that the prequels and the original trilogy connect is that you see how, just like we were talking about, the Jedi got it wrong for a while. And what you're seeing in the original trilogy, they are arriving at a certain enlightenment. And they're arri- arriving at a certain understanding of what the Force is and should be. Now then they die. Which yeah. is unfortunate. And you and Luke didn't complete his training. Mm-hmm. The progress of the Jedi is really interesting. What do you think... Do you think that Yoda and Obi-Wan wanted the Jedi Order to become a new thing once again? I think they wanted... Yeah, I think they did, and I think that's where like, I... We can do it right say, this I, time. I, yeah. I think it's... Uh, that's where I lose them, though, because I don't think you can do it right. I think mm. that has to be where the impact of Luke's line in the trailer, as far as we know, what's going to happen in The Last Jedi. Trailer if for Episode 8. The, a, a Star Wars story. Episode 8. Sure. <laughs> the Last Jedi. But... If, if it's Luke who's come to this realization, it's time for the Jedi to end. Yeah, I think that maybe Luke is the first one who's put two and two together and is like, this has got to end, guys. Interesting. I think that you guys are full of hot garbage. Yoda, <laughs> no, starts out, Yoda starts out with the same old crap that they were doing with the Jedi Order before. He's too old, can't train him, it's too late. That's true. And and he says, all, all the stuff that he's saying there while they're training is just straight up Jedi platitudes again. And I like those platitudes. Mm. I don't think I think Obi Wan and, and Yoda wanted the Jedi Order as it was to start again. You don't think that they learned anything from that? You think that they were just sat there and were like, "We did everything right. We just it didn't work out." I think they learned that they were that they were dumb and that these Sith came in and messed them up, and they want they. You don't think they saw the faults in the Jedi Order before? Let me maybe throw this out. Throw out your thing. Their singular goal is to kill Vader. That's all they want, Luke. They want to train Luke to kill Vader and to well, kill the Emperor. That's what I'm asking. And then, and then what? Like what? Right. <sighs> Keep in mind too that Obi Wan and Yoda have an investment in the Jedi Order that Luke never like, had financially. Yes, they got a lot of like <laughs> stock. Had a whole the only bunch ones of left. Yeah, a lot they of deleted got all that scenes stuff. of Yoda checking his stocks on his iPhone. And then K two Bernie Madoff oh, came in and it's a bad K two S joke. So why that's the type of material you can expect on K two S jokes. <laughs> but yeah, the. Obi-Wan and Yoda were born into this. Like they have uh as much as they want to adopted it. <laughs> as much as they want to purge emotion, I mean, there's at least subconsciously I didn't, I, I didn't catch the joke. I was trying to make a serious point. You guys are just pooping all over me again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. Poop. Isaac is you really got to pay attention to him when he talks. He gets all upset. <laughs> you really got to. 
I'm just going to claw at your Usually, face. like, I like it when people don't pay attention and constantly interrupt me. I don't know why Isaac doesn't like it. <laughs> it's curious, isn't it? What? <laughs> Come on! Anyway, <laughs> Obi-Wan and Yoda are invested in the Jedi Order. They were a part of it from birth, ostensibly. Do we know Yoda. that about Yoda? We, we don't know anything about Yoda. We can assume. Or Obi-Wan. <laughs> the Jedi have been around for 10,000 years, and he's only 1,000. Can we agree with my premise, Joe? Yes. No, I actually don't. I don't think they were born into it. Let's play some... What do you mean you don't think they were born... Obi-Wan was specifically born into it. What are you talking do about? Do we know that? Yeah, he was... He took, they took him as a little kid. Describe when this happens in the movies. When, when is it told? Why Why would you assume when that it... When is it told? When isn't it told? Why would you assume he's... He was taken older or something. I, I think know. that he they just found him okay. hanging out in okay. high school. Right. Let's just throw no, him. No, I really didn't. Oh, boy. As a like a baby, though, is that what the Jedi do? As That's like what all the Jedi baby? do. As a little kid, a little baby, under nine, for sure. He was a little Octu baby. and <laughs> they, Yoda and Obi-Wan were part of the old Jedi Order. They had some sort of investment in it. They were kind of sad when it got destroyed. Well, yes. Luke was never a part of that. It's not like he has any sort of reference point for what the old Jedi were outside of two old guys that he met for two seconds in episodes four and five. And so Luke, I think, has a different perspective than Obi-Wan and Yoda do as far as what the future needs to be because Luke is more working with a clean slate than those two are. Yeah, I don't know what that had to do with anything I was saying. What are we arguing about, guys? I don't know. What's the point? Yeah, we're getting really impassioned about something. I was like, I don't disagree with you, but what does that have to do with anything? I just, I just wonder though, to be on the other side now from what I was saying before, because they are very much against Vader being redeemed. They want Luke. They're training Luke to kill Darth Vader and to kill Palpatine. And Luke keeps saying, I, "They're still good in him. I yeah, can feel it." And the other guys are like, "Obi Wan and Yoda are like, nah, kill, kill the dude." That's and so that's not very Jedi like. So I don't know where those two are at. That sounds like a Jedi episode sort of discussion. I, can we Boy. just talk Jake, about the Jedi? Jake, what's your favorite force? scene from the original trilogy? I just don't want to talk about this anymore, frankly. Yeah, <laughs> we probably should cut all that out and just talk about greatest hits. Nah, we should do that. Honestly, my favorite scene is um, Yoda and Luke, and I like when Yoda uses the Force. He picks up that old X-Wing out of the Swamper Domper. I like that scene. <laughs> so he calls his butt, too. <laughs> oh. Swamper Domper. I like that scene quite a bit. They're, they're, just the way the Yoda's theme rises in that bit. It's just because, once again, going back to the underdog thing, I think as a kid part of what makes Yoda so appealing is he's a little guy like you and you can really relate to him to see this little thing that doesn't look like anything special but he's able to do these amazing things that's very inspiring for a child going back to a point that Riley made on mm -hmm. our prequel episodes you don't need a child character to relate to as a child you can relate to Yoda because he seemingly just looks like a little guy but he's capable of amazing things and I think it works so much better in, in Empire are you trying to tell me that Yoda is a better character than Jake Lloyd's Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> Maybe. This is a really Maybe. fiery opinion. I don't know if I can get on board with this. I would say believing in Yoda, I think, is so much better in Empire. This is going to be cheesy, but you can't make fun of me after reading that quote earlier. But what Yoda does in Empire comes from within himself. He is not like a burp or a fart. Like a burp or a fart, exactly. He is not he's not a big, strong, fast guy in Empire Strikes Back. He is this little dude who has this immense immense power that all comes from within him. 
Whereas in Attack of the Clones, he's still strong and fast and powerful like a Jedi in a way that a kid can't be. But in in this movie, yes, I think you're right. He he shows that it doesn't matter what size you are. If right. you are a, a good person inside and you have this this power to change things as a, as a little tiny kid. A little guy. You know what yeah. I love about this uh, sequence, like right before that, this to me more than anything else in Luke Skywalker's character in Empire Strikes Back demonstrated to me that he was not ready, that he he still had a lot of refinement to do it. It's not that he uh, left too early. It's not that he went up against Darth Vader in a brazen way and just decided to go for it and end up getting his hand chopped off. You don't Would, think that? That contributed to it, but the moment that I thought it was most apparent is when Yoda waxes on the Force for like a solid minute and he gives such a beautiful explanation of what the force is to where a lot of people when the prequels came out i think that they didn't like the whole midichlorian thing maybe the whole jedi thing because their explanation of the force was mostly informed by this little speech from yoda right here yes like, yeah, luminous absolutely. beings are we that's why my ally is the force that's why i said that whole thing about them him being enlightened and having a new understanding of the force yeah. after that mm-hmm. and so he gives this speech and Luke just basically kicks dirt in his face and says, you asked the impossible, like kicks him in the back of the head and just like <laughs> prances off like a little snotty millennial. He picks up Yoda. He punts him across the forest. That's what he does. And I'm like, I was never a shut up old man. Luke Skywalker is my favorite character. Like he, he was me when I was a little kid. Like I was wow, Luke Skywalker. A lot. All he wanted was yep. power converters. That Exactly. Isaac. But th- that moment makes you bristle at Luke Skywalker. And I, I don't think I really had that in any other moment in Star Wars, but that was like, wow, that was a really immature, stupid thing to do. You know what? I'll say something interesting. It's, it might not be interesting at all. I don't know. Luke Skywalker was never my favorite character. Mm, interesting. I don't think that I even... <laughs> thank you. I, I was right. Kind of interesting stuff. Uh, I actually... That's really weird. I don't think I ever even thought about how much I love the original trilogy characters individually until the sequel trilogy came out. I think I just liked the movies front to back and i never appreciated how much i love them as individuals mm-hmm. hmm. except luke no, no luke like what, i thought you just suddenly... said he wasn't your favorite no, no no here's what i'm trying to say oh so force awakens I, I didn't realize how much i loved han solo until the force awakens came out when force awakens come out i i realized how much i liked that character and what was interesting that movie kind of focused on him he was the yeah, only it was... lead yeah you can see that that was the plan was to focus yeah. each one now I didn't realize how much I loved Luke until he wasn't there for a Star Wars movie. And you're like, <laughs> like his oh, this absence is, this feels weird. It's yeah. noticeable. Like the first when seeing the words Luke Skywalker has vanished, you're like, whoa. So good. That is real. So good. And then seeing him at the end of the movie, I've never had that level of an emotional reaction to just seeing a character in a movie. Speak. Didn't say anything. I had so, so many feelings just by seeing a an actor on a screen not do anything other than turn around. That made me realize how much I really do like these characters. I love that scene too, but for a reason I'll explain in our TFA episode, I did not get to experience that emotionally until my third watch, even though that scene still tears my gut into nine pieces. Oh. <laughs> it's quite explicit. <laughs> you might have Crohn's disease. <laughs> huh. You know about that, Jake? No, I have different problems. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, so here's something I wanted to talk about. We're... I kind of want to get to Return of the Jedi kind of soon because I feel like we've been talking a lot about Empire, which is good. 
It's a good movie. If we're going to Jedi, can I talk about my favorite scene in Star Wars? In a second. Okay. I have one more thing on Empire. Okay. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I thought you said we were moving on to Jedi. Well, okay. after last that, thing I want to... Okay, okay, the last thing in Empire. I've heard they they did this study when uh, Empire came out. Or I think they... Maybe recently... I forget when. Anyway, the study is they take kids that are like ages five and under. And they and, subject them to the Jedi Order and training. Yes. Yeah. And also what That's they do... Up is they show them Empire Strikes Back, and, of course, you get to the scene, no, I am your father, and there are, it's basically like a half-and-half half split, where half of the kids are traumatized by this, but then the other half don't even believe Darth Vader when he says this. Yeah, he's lying. And mm-hmm. I remember, as a kid, I thought he was lying. I fell into the, really? he's lying camp, so what did you guys think? I have no idea. That's interesting. I never thought for a second that he was lying. I can't remember. Never came into yeah. my mind. Yeah, I... I I mean, the thing is, when we saw the movies, we could then just pop in the next movie. Right. So we yeah. didn't have too much time to theorize yeah. about it and talk with our friends after seeing it. You know, yeah. I, I didn't have that. Scene. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I I wish I could remember. I have the I worst think memory. I even remember seeing Return of the Jedi. I was obviously stupid because I didn't make this connection. But it's it's almost like I wouldn't let my brain process that, even though I had the information of Return of the Jedi. I just couldn't wrap my head around that. I was oh, you still like, didn't believe him. So even while. after Obi Wan admitted that it it was his dad, yeah, he it's didn't. like well, that's just weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like I just couldn't accept that in my head. I'm, I was like Luke, there, I was like, no, that's impossible. It's not true. <laughs> well, Luke can't lie, so you know that's that's. It sounds like guys have some say, mental problems. Going hips on. and Luke are the two things that can't lie in this world. <laughs> so Return of, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. You ready for? A uh, spicy meatball of a take Give coming at your me. Italian spaghetti soup. <laughs> Give me that. That is not a dish. Give me that. Well, <laughs> in my house it is. Uh, Return of the Jedi is my least favorite Star Wars movie. Oh, that's of all weird. I've heard that take before. And, uh, yeah. That's a weird can I say, take. Isaac and I are friends. We've talked about that's this. That's a weird take. Can I say, though, that I can at least understand this one? It's. I can't. Listen, it is not that I don't like the movie. I still yeah. enjoy watching it all the time. It is my least favorite. It is my favorite Star Wars movie of all time, but I can understand why it would be your least <laughs> it's favorite. So weird. I can't even understand it. I refuse to understand it. It's crazy. That's right. You're trying to say that's impossible. What if, what if I explain it to you? You'll still not understand it? I would. Yeah, I, Jake, I will still think it's dumb. I'll sit down on a log and I'll tell you all about <laughs> it. Really, I, I, I got a piece, so just explain why Return of <laughs> the Jedi is your least favorite Star Wars movie. Wow. I just get free range just to talk for a little bit without Isaac staring at How me. How different than normal. <laughs> free range to talk. I know. Usually I get a lot of interruptions. <laughs> pretty succinct. <laughs> Return of the Jedi, it's tough. It just doesn't all click together as as flawlessly as the first two. The opening um, on Jabba's palace is a little protracted and it's not and not in a way that is building the tension just in like why are we spending so much time just hanging out with a bunch of creatures having a dance party it's i love creatures in movies i've talked about that before mm-hmm. one of my favorite things so i enjoy Jabba's palace however i think that the creature design is kind of weak i think that compared to the cantina mm. compared to the other movies I think it's more visibly just some people in costumes and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't look like that is a creature. It looks like that is just a blue puppet. That's there. You can see the guy's hand there. Uh, I, I still guess, enjoy it. I There's guess, a charm to yeah. it that I really like. I guess I don't. I don't. I don't see that comparison. I don't. I don't see a difference between the cantina and Jabba's palace. Really? That's, yeah. Maybe it's just me. 
the the main thing of, of it is though i don't think the script is as strong i don't think mm-hmm. that han solo's character is served well by the movie he he wanted to be dead is kind of he wanted to be dead yeah which i can relate to that so i like that <laughs> part of it but he's a little whiny in this movie yeah which is kind of weird he doesn't get anything to do in the last act of, of significance it bothers me that lando this random dude we met in empire he's the guy flying the falcon into the hey, death star it's his ship i guess so <laughs> but it just doesn't seem right to me still yeah. even as a <laughs> so silly to be having these conversations that people have had a million times <laughs> but that those cliche things people don't like about it are things that it's not like this is outrageous revenge of the jedi yeah <laughs> why did i say revenge of the jedi revenge of the Return jedi, of the jedi is terrible I don't feel that way at all. It just, it doesn't click with me as much. However, and all you know what? I'll also say, the effects, I, don't, I think they hold up the least of all the really? original trilogy. I don't think they look very good. Mm-hmm. But, particularly the sand barge scene, it's pretty rough. Even the choreography of Luke swinging his lightsaber is a little... A little crazy. I'm not gonna let you get away with However, that. You can't say, say it's something. that bad after watching Attack of the Clones <laughs> and saying that it's okay. Like, no, no, come no, no, on. no. It's all comparable. I love yeah. Star Wars. Let me say this though. If I have a second favorite scene in Star Wars, and this is weird considering I just said I don't like Jabba's Palace, what it leads to The Pit of Carcoon. Man, oh man. The John Williams two bumps. Burm. That's it. <laughs> That's like top two favorite Star Wars moments. It's a, it's a perfect scene. I like it when a plan comes together. Like that guy from the Would A-team. It diminish your love of that scene if it turned out in like a revised making of Star Wars that it turns out it was just like John Williams farting into a microphone and that was that was the score for that scene. Watching, watching Isaac try to say that was the funniest that thing. That was the funniest thing because I didn't know what he was going to say. It wasn't particularly I knew cool. he was proud of it, it but boy oh boy it delivered. It was not particularly clever but that was that's like my maybe question he just kind of like he's like guys watching Isaac. sit the next couple plays out. I'm just going to kind of bend over in front of this microphone and let a couple uh, things I got in the chamber loose here. Watching Isaac struggle to say that without laughing was the funniest thing. Because you know seen. he was thinking about that the whole time he was taking that supposed bathroom break. He was like, what's a funny thing I can say? Gosh, no. I forget so, what I was saying now. I, wouldn't say I was having more. bad opinions about Jedi. The yeah. only thing... Oh, I guess the crazy thing for me is that I, I agree. It's just pacing. It's just pacing. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I don't. I still don't. You think... can't understand how I also like Attack of the Clones. A lot. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. think. I don't know how that makes it the worst movie out of a, out of all no, six. No, I don't think it's the worst. You said that. That's I how said we it's started my this. least oh, okay. favorite. Okay. I think Attack of the Clones is the worst. <laughs> but it's my favorite. Yeah. Rever- Revenge of the sense. Jedi. I always want to say Revenge of the Jedi. Well, that's what it was originally. Revern of the Jedi. Revern of the Shirley. Revern of the Shirley. Yeah. So, Dang it, we are on the same wavelength. Guys, we should stop being such good friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can, can I talk about my favorite scene? In Talk Star about Wars, because it, it is in this movie, Ooh. and it is the ending, all the Luke, Emperor, Vader, throne room stuff. That is my mm. absolute favorite moment Yummy. from a Star Wars movie. That is a tasty donut at a midnight it's Krispy so... Kreme. It's hot, fresh, out of the oven. You get a cup of coffee with it. That is what that is. Palpatine is such a great Sith because... <laughs> He's in, very admirable. It, well, 
he's not a great person. He's a great Sith because so many Sith are just angry all the time in in EU stuff and in video games and stuff, and they they let their emotions control them more than more than they should, and it usually leads to the downfall of the Sith. Palpatine does not have that problem. That's true. He is filled with hatred and anger. But he does not let it out unless he wants to let it out. That whole scene is just spectacular with him trying to then you got the you got the visual stuff that George is doing when, you know, Luke makes the decision to stay light side, he throws the lightsaber away. <laughs> These two are just dying laughing. But listeners, I hope you're listening to what I'm saying. The f- I said the funniest thing that maybe has ever been said in anyone's life. With I that didn't even hear joke. it. No, oh, you're still laughing about the thing from earlier. Still, I'm fighting it constantly. <laughs> When his when the flap of his shirt opens up and you see the white underneath the, all the black that he's wearing after he's made the decision to not kill Vader and to throw his lightsaber away, it's oh. like that's just that's great. That's little Jake Shadow loving right there. What visual storytelling, Jake Shadow? That's your Jake Shadow loving. <laughs> Jake Shadow loving. <laughs> Am I like Twin Shadows? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, brother. But that whole scene from the music to the acting to the choices the characters make is just my favorite part of Star Wars. Can I say something? I had never thought about that. How Palpatine is just like he's the most powerful Sith that we know of, and yeah. yet that guy will have a good time sometimes. He'll hang out with you. He'll be your bro. He'll walk and talk with you. Crack a couple jokes. He's just like a cool bro. He's a chill <laughs> he's a, he's bro. He's a chill bro, just like Qui-Gon. He, he and Qui-Gon should get a beer sometimes. He's more in control than any other Sith That's out there. That's really interesting. And which is which is kind of anti-Sith, but mm-hmm. I like it. You're like the David Collins of realizing things <laughs> about Palpatine. Oh, wow. Well, Very hey. good. <laughs> Did you say yeah. your favorite? I think we know it, because I think you said it yeah, on the, another the episode. Yeah, the Luke and Yoda thing. Luke but... and Yoda scene. Oh, you yeah. guys had the same... Good job. You guys had the same favorite. No, hang on a second. Hey, hang mm-hmm. on. You said this is canon you said that your favorite moment in an earlier episode was when luke threw away his lightsaber <gasps> like i said it's one of my favorite moments there's if a difference back and check there's the a tape. difference between moments and scenes though i think that's true moments yes because that is i've talked about on that episode that was the self-actualization of the luke skywalker character who is my favorite character in all of Star Wars, and that is just such kind of a lame character, in my opinion, but yeah. uh, that's cool. Well, whatever. <laughs> is it, there's just something so beautiful, though, about a character in a movie with... I mean, Star Wars is a kid's movie, but the amount of carnage in this, a, a character who realizes that the way to win is to throw your sword away, that is... It, it's such a powerful... Like, there's... You can't get more powerful than that, honestly, I think. And yet, he's totally going to have that lightsaber in The Last Jedi. I <laughs> hope he doesn't. I'm going to be very he disappointed will. when he pulls I it really out. 100% he will. Uh, can we get into talking about this vanity fair piece? Like, we keep joking about talking about Will he, though? Like, Let me we tell you why. See, uh, we can see Luke fight. Not to get all other podcasts on you I don't and think I speculate see about an article. Well, you will. Because what's his name? Poe Dameron, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Apocalypse himself. <laughs> he talked in this interview. He said specifically that he got to see Luke in action on set. Now, why would they have a scene together if not to see Luke in action does, fighting dudes with but, a lightsaber? Mm, and a podcast could buy for Luke in action does not mean he's using a lightsaber. That's true. I don't think... I think it's too juicy to pass up. I think it's too... How can you not have the Vader scene from Rogue One, but with Luke and... I hope the juice. I hope Ryan Johnson realizes the juicier scene is Luke not. Can you imagine the bro hug the three of us are going to give Ryan Johnson if 
if he shows that restraint. I already love that dude so much. Ryan Johnson's pretty much sold me on this movie. We require you to come on the show for a brief bro hug, and then we'll let you go about your merry way. We're not asking you (laughs) at all. You are contractually mandated to come on, so we can give you a little bro hug. You ask for interviews, you demand bro hugs. That's the world (laughs) I come from. (laughs) Sir... I command thee to give me a bro hug right well, now. Well, he, he commanded the bro hug. <laughs> we must comply. What are you proposing? <laughs> so, anyway. Return of the Let Jedi. Let him speak. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite of the three movies, Riley? In- Empire. I know it's cliche. Yeah. Empire. Pretty lame choice. Even even though my favorite scene is in Jedi. It's like asking what your favorite Skittle is. They're all pretty great. They all mostly taste the same. But yellow is the worst. The green one and the purple. Those oh. are the worst. Yeah, they're kind of right. Um, but no, yeah. it. Jedi has my favorite scene. Empire is my favorite movie as a whole. Let's do this. Yeah. Give me your top five moments from the original trilogy. We have not prepared for this episode at all. No, That'll not be surprising at all. to the listener to hear that. They won't believe that information. Riley? Top your five top five moments? original trilogy mementos. In no particular order, except at the top, I already said throne scene, throne room with yeah. with with bad guys and Luke. Um, <laughs> their wow. names slipped my mind. Just those random bad guys. Time has forgotten those. Um, I have to put the Hoth battle in there because it's the first thing that popped in my mind. I like the speeder bike chase, even though you say it doesn't hold up. I no, I said like moments, the, not even action scenes, but even after all that, speeder bike chase goes up at the top for you. I, I, these are just the moments that are popping in my okay, head that's since good. I didn't prepare. That is what I said. Now I'm chastising um, you. Yeah. This is weird because nothing from A New Hope is, is popping into Ooh. my mind, which is odd. You're uh, a real Isaac right now Actually, no. I'm I'm going to say Obi-Wan's choice, and this again is, is um, coming from knowing more than just like the first time I watched this movie, this probably wouldn't have stuck out. But now with everything as a whole, Obi-Wan making the choice to die on the Death Star is a big moment that I really like. And I guess the Yoda training scene. I think that's five. Listeners, write in if I said five. (laughs) I think so. I wasn't counting. (laughs) Don't Uh, tweet in. Specifically write write in. in. Mail your letter. Yep. Now, Isaac. (laughs) Okay, so my five, I, I definitely had four right at the top. Let me... I think the fifth one might be a combination of scenes, but I'll let you see if you let me count it. But okay, so we mentioned the Yoda scene where he introduces himself to Luke and Obi-Wan's hut. Oh, that's a good choice. I love that one. Really, anyone where like an old Jedi talks (laughs) about the Force for a second, it's almost like he gives him the story of the prequels. But in such, like, I don't know, just the way Allegheny's delivered that. I just, I love that scene yeah. so much. So those two, so far, 100% good opinions. Thank yeah. you. I'm going to say. And can I count, like, the when Yoda gives his speech on the Force? You sure can. Is that can. the same thing? Okay, so that's yes, my third. Yeah. So I've talked about those, or two of those three already. And Luke throws his lightsaber away, so there's four. Here's a little <laughs> buzzer beater upset for you. My fifth Uh-oh. one <laughs> is <laughs> the end of... Re- oh. <laughs> over my dead body, <laughs> is the end of Return of the Jedi, the Ewok celebration. Oh. Spe- special Which edi- song? Special okay, edition yeah. specifically. Yeah. I, yeah. I that song seen... is much better. Oh my goodness, we didn't talk about special I was about to, that, That's where I kind of wanted to, to direct this a little bit because I find Yub Nub... George Lucas over here. I think Yub Nub is... Uh, it's, a cute song. it's a nice song, 
but it is like it's almost like in universe music i feel what do they end up calling like the ewok is it just called the ewok celebration in the special edition it's called the uh ewok def jam comedy yeah. there you go but riley's being annoying <laughs> i i think that song is one of my favorite john williams songs like i think the, the no, oh, the other one. The new the Ewok celebration. Like, it's it, it just strikes such an emotional chord with me, and especially as a child. As did John Williams composed that? The new did. song? I would assume so. Did they have him come back in the 90s and make a new song? Who, what, who else would do it, though? Maybe you think they would get was, someone else to do that? Williams. Were they, John Williams like, brother. say, like, hey, Limp Bizkit, like, come in and <laughs> record this for Lincoln us. Lincoln Park, what are you guys doing this week? We're not a band yet, but we'll form one to make this song. But yeah, like that is like hits a perfect emotional chord. I can only compare it to "My Heart Will Go On" go on from Titanic. <laughs> that is the only song I can compare it to in yeah. terms of striking an emotional resonance. I'm, I say that unironically. I promise. Wow, really? Yeah. I was just more fascinated by the Titanic thing. All right. Well, this is awkward. Okay, top five good. moments for me. Number one, it's got to be the opening scene where they're all dancing on top of the cars. Number two. <laughs> um, no, I I don't know if I can do an order, but I have to agree with the hut scene. We shall have not, order. Not shot with hut, but Obi Wan's hut. He's telling Luke a couple a uh, couple of deets about the Jeds. A like couple of deets was one of my favorite Jedi in the prequels. A couple of deets. <laughs> uh, that's amazing, and I think we talked about. But I'm going to talk about it again. In the same podcast. Do it. Alec Guinness's it. stinking, stupid, ugly face <laughs> is so amazing in that scene. <laughs> I don't know why I said it was ugly. <laughs> I don't understand that. He's I don't understand man. hate. He, no. Look, I hate on the things I love. <laughs> Ladies, I'm single. The <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, his, his little half second of hesitation before oh. he tells Luke <laughs> the lie about his father oh. is fascinating perfect. and just it's so perfect that they were able to retroactively make Darth Vader Luke's dad and it still worked because of that moment of acting if he was just like well let me tell you something he just said it casually with no hesitation alright well, that's that's a big one up there you made the right face <laughs> uh, number two is the cantina scene in A New Hope mm, it's my good choice possibly <laughs> I just said yeah, it, might, it might be my favorite I really really love Creature's in confined spaces. I love it when you get to see a Star Wars place that's totally otherworldly. Jake has several cages in his bedroom just filled with small animals. Sure I do. <laughs> sure I do. He loves... I like to take him out of their habitat. I like him to look really weird, so I tend to kind of deform their faces a little bit. <laughs> ladies, he's single. Yeah, hey, ladies, come see my animal cages full of deformed animals in my bedroom. Uh, Cantina scene. And just a flawless introduction to Han Solo... After that, I got to go Yoda lifting the old X-Winger out of the Swampy Dobby. My oh my. <laughs> I think that's three. Mm-hmm. You're the one who made us do this, and you don't even know. You went last in everything. I was, li- I was engaged by your <laughs> regaling your tales of misery and woe. I liked... Mm. I got to go Sand Barge... John Williams farts. <laughs> Before you said that, it was my favorite. Now I feel like it's a little disgusting. But and then in boy oh boy, 
as much as Empire, no, I gotta go Luke versus Vader at the end of Empire. The end of Empire. That emotionally gets me every time. Yeah. Luke trying to resist and just failing and being backed into an impossible corner and choosing to jump down a pit instead of accepting this information he's just heard. <laughs> it's so far, Mark Hamill's best performance is in that scene, I think, in all the movies. Other than him just letting loose on Vader at, mm. at the end of Return of the Jedi, yeah, which is good, the throne room scene is so good. It's, good it's hard yeah, not yeah. to include oh, it, and yet I didn't. Hit on this too. This this may bridge, right bridge our Jedi with uh, Force Awakens episode. People are talking about how uh, like Kylo Ren could like read people's minds, and this is kind of a new power. But isn't that kind of what Vader did to Luke right there? When he just kind of pulls, yeah, he pulls the information out yeah. and the effortlessness with which because Kylo Ren has to like grab at your head for 12 seconds <laughs> right. and make a weird t- tummy rumble sound to get it out of you. <laughs> Do you think it's him making that sound? That it is. Happens? <laughs> yeah, the effortless, effortlessness with which Darth Vader pulls that information out. I kind of like that, that that's kind of an established power. I hadn't thought Wars about universe. that. I hadn't thought that he pulled it out of his head without making a grabby hand like Kylo Ren. But, uh, yeah, Was you're right. Hungry. Vader's a lot better than Kylo. Poor Kylo. <laughs> I would hazard guess <laughs> and say that act- Vader is better. I'm really excited about to talk about Kylo Ren. I find him to be an endlessly fascinating character. Hot takes for coming up episode. Great. Vader, not my favorite villain in a Star Wars movie. Oh. Kylo, huh? Ooh. I didn't say that. Snoke, But huh? it's not Snoke. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, maybe it's well, General Hux. <laughs> we, it really isn't him. Hinted at it before. Are we going to talk special editions? And We should. Can yeah, we, talk we about, this talk about it a little bit. Let's talk about it. Let's get a consensus right now. Do we care that much about the special, the existence of the special editions? No. I, uh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Isaac surprise. wanted uh, Isaac go loved, to George loved, Lucas's house. Kinda, yeah. him a big old Isaac loved the a decision George Lucas made. As this podcast goes on, I kind of disgust myself, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> My, no, I'm, no, that's a totally fair I'm opinion. a one-note Star Wars fan, I think. I still watch Star Wars, and I watch those versions occasionally. Do you watch? So you don't watch? Oh, you got them right there. I got them right there. Um, he has them right there, guys. I do perhaps have the D specialized that Isaac hates so much, which he shouldn't. They're George's original vision. Yeah, that's or they... like George. They are. <laughs> They're what came out. I don't. This it, it, to me, it's kind of along the lines of, um, <laughs> kind of along the lines of recreating Peter Cushing. If if we set uh-huh. the precedent of going back to old movies and and modifying them and changing them from what they were, it's more like, like restoring the Mona Lisa. It's more like restoring a work of art that's been it's in a, not in a though fire. because when they restored the Mona Lisa, they didn't add a house in the background. Oh, I'm sorry, I was thinking of the specialized. Oh editions. no no no, I'm talking about the special editions. Sorry. Oh my bad, I yes. got it. I get mixed up. In no my no no, I'm talking brain. about the special editions. That precedent of going back and changing things yes. that have been out. For that long, I I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen again. The the most we get is sometimes you get director's cuts, but even with director's cuts, they don't go in and add CGI and refilm things. Usually, it's just the editing is different. Director's, in a director's cut, cut. Well, director's cut is typically the studio made you cut stuff. Right. Director's cut, they get to keep right. it back in. Um, sometimes the director's cut's very very different. Like yeah. the Donner cut of Superman two. <sighs> By the way. Ultimate cut of Batman v Superman. Speaking of movies with director's cuts with Superman in them, 
<laughs> fundamentally different movie than yeah. the theatrical cut. So, but again, that's all just changing. It's the not that he around. added stuff yeah. after the fact. That's right. what was there. The studio was like, "You can only right. have a worse movie." Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, adding whole scenes in Return of the Jedi that weren't with, there before. That weren't there before. Changing the CGI is questionable. I don't really care Touching that much. Up. I guess. It makes everything else in the movie look worse when you have the X-Wings fly in in A New Hope mm-hmm. and they look so good and then you cut to the old looking stuff. It doesn't really mesh like it did before. Yep. But it, it that doesn't bother me as much as just... And, and then you get into the like the little nitpicky things that he did on the Blu-ray where he went in and made the Ewoks blink. Like stuff like that. Oh, I never even noticed that. Yeah, they didn't blink in the in the original, even in the special oh, editions. I'll tell you why I didn't. And then the too. blue, and <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Stuff like that doesn't. I don't understand the need to go in and change it. Or like adding a rock in front of R two. Right. So, um, I was gonna say for me, yeah, it's like I don't, I really don't care what cut you like. It like I just, think you care a little bit. <laughs> well, I have what I like, but I really don't care what yours is. I mean, I just I have my opinions, but that doesn't mean that you. I think you should have those cuts taken away from you. I don't think that yeah. the original should be released again. I get. I think that's a problem people have. Sorry, Jake, I'm interrupting you. Oh, How's no, no, no. I was going to give my opinion, but I, go ahead. I think the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that sarcastically, but it did sound that way. I meant it genuinely. I think the, people, the problem people have is that you can only get the edited things. Correct. And, and it's not that... It's not... You know, well, whichever version you like is okay. It's just that that's the only version you can, can get. I reference you to a Bobby Roberts rumor control, though. Where he kind of goes into detail, actually. This is a very informative episode. I actually, I, I really liked it. This is but, a strong recommend. This yeah, is very good. Absolutely. But he kind of goes into the fact that the despecialized editions, they're out there. They're available to those who want to get it. And yeah. Lucasfilm is not making efforts, really, to, to shut stop it down. people. Yeah. And so they're out there. And so they perhaps are. the market just isn't there to actually release but these. Now, I would love to see it unedited in HD. Yes. So, okay. My opinion on special editions... Now, we might have some layman Star Wars fans here. They have given up long ago. Let's assume they've listened this far. Despecialized editions, there is a... I can't remember the fella's name, but there's a gentleman who... Make one up. (laughs) He's a gentleman, certainly. Topher Grace. He wears a top hat while he's editing the movie. (laughs) Basically, he took the special editions and the original, like, Laserdisc versions, and he meticulously worked to make a complete perfect recreation of the original theatrical releases of the original trilogy which you can't get anymore because the mm-hmm. only things that you can legally get um in hd yeah are the blu-rays um the, the only original uh i'm sorry the only uh, like decent quality cuts of the original non-specialized movies are the Laserdisc ones. Right. So that's what the specialized editions are. It's taking away the stuff that was added, making it more like the originals. I just felt like we should establish that just in that's case true. people don't know people about it. Because I didn't know. know about it until kind of recently. Yeah. yeah. Um, until somebody on a podcast was complaining about it. So <laughs> and I watched the original trilogy specialized. I was a hater of that for a while because I was on the train of, no, I respect George as an artist. That is his right as an artist to add to his work, change his work. It's his project it's his vision and i went along with that then i watched the specialized editions and was like oh these are just better movies <laughs> they're just better not having Jabba seen in there uh, and, a new so hope that's and everything the, yeah it's so just, that's the yeah. thing it is it's just now some of the changes i really enjoy particularly jedi i think this the special edition of jedi might be a better 
movie. I, I mean, feel like I there's not as much changed in that. I the feel stuff like that's new, changed there, in there's, general. There's the Jabba's Palace scene, which is just yeah, and not it's good. silly and you don't really need it, but it's not offensive to me. I'm the offended. Stuff that, well, yeah, he did just like he stood up and started like crossing his arms. Yeah, and, yeah. So that stuff doesn't offend me. The thing that is good is the end of Jedi is made stronger by the special edition. The music change oh, was the correct choice. Yubnub is charming. Yeah, the music change is, is great. Yubnub is a charming song. How do you song. feel about going to different planets? Though? I think it's great. Really? It's great. I really like it because it feels less like an insular event that happened over a forest and more like a thing that changed the galaxy as a whole. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. When I watched the movie as a kid, never thought about it because I didn't see the special editions first. I saw the original ones first because I remember being really confused when Jabba was in the first one. And when the weird creature started singing in Return of the Jedi, yeah. I was like, what? And I didn't mind it, but I was I remember a distinct moment of confusion in my childhood. Uh, my general thought is it's a very cliche opinion, but A New Hope is a perfect movie. Um, I'm irritated with people who refuse to call it A New Hope. That's a weird oh, route yeah, to take. It's, who cares? That's a thing that like J.J. Abrams does, and a lot of people call, are like, he just calls it Star Wars. No, it's not a New Hope. Eh, it's whatever. Star Wars. That's what it was called. It was like okay, so that well, change was made in like 1979. Though. Exactly, so it was made like cares? a couple yeah. of years later. Are you irritated that Empire is Episode Five? Yeah, yeah. Star Wars was retroactively Episode Four anyway. Yeah. So that's a kind of weird pretension that I don't agree with, but I do prefer to watch them. I'm not going to be bothered if the special editions come on, but I am I am bothered by not even the Greedo stuff. I don't really care that much. But I think it adds, I think it detracts from Han Solo. Okay, does. that's it does. But hold on, does. no, don't feel let me just say thing. <laughs> after he does this, he goes to the bartender, flips him a coin, and says, "Sorry about the mess." Yeah. Okay. I don't know the point you're Good making. Good story, bro. Okay, so how... Okay, so that that didn't... He's him, still a smarmy... Him shooting second didn't, like... I feel like that didn't detract from his character. I feel like it would have detracted if he went, Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Wooer. It's not... Okay, I think it's. Thing. I think he's the kind of... I, I think that at the beginning of the Star Wars movies, he's the kind of guy who is going to do whatever it... He doesn't have that heart of gold yet at the beginning of A New Hope... He's just a dude surviving, and he'll kill a dude in cold blood. To me, I don't care about the shooting first or whatever. But, it's a okay, petty anyway, thing. That's off What topic. I don't like is just the aesthetic of how it looks. It's confusing. Mm -hmm. and, and I will say in the Blu-ray release, it's really, you can't even tell. It's not the weird 90s release where he, they digitally move Han Solo's body. That's weird. Yeah. The... I'm not as bothered by that. Just the aesthetic of it is not about great. like the Ronto going across the, the screen and I stuff don't like that. mind that. You stuff. don't mind that stuff. You know what's funny is that a lot of that stuff is there in the despecialized editions that you don't think's there. Like there still is a lot of creatures walking across the screen. People really over exaggerate. But it, George Lucas shoving stuff in it, front of the screen. It sticks out though when you throw 1997 CGI in that movie. I guess so. I, but there are still a lot of moments in A New Hope the 1977 release, a movie that changed the world, <laughs> where there's creatures walking in front of the screen. Yeah. It's just a style that George liked. He wanted, mm -hmm. he called it like a documentary style. I don't Ultimately, think he knows what a documentary is. But I didn't get to say the original <laughs> thing, which is that the Java scene is offensively stupid to yeah. me. Like, it, the, re the reason why the Greedo scene exists is because they realized that this Java scene wasn't working. They cut it and they said, well, we're going to do reshoots. Guys, they did reshoots on A New Hope. 
They did. Does that mean it's going to be bad? They well, yeah, obviously it's a terrible movie. They didn't change the world at all. So they did the Greedo scene. They changed it to the same exact information about Jabba wants your head, I'm getting your bounty. All that information was then right. given in the Greedo scene. Well, Greedo, now Greedo's in the Jabba scene. Now you get too. it twice. Yeah, <laughs> you get Han Solo saying almost verbatim the exact same stuff because while that scene wasn't like they filmed it just without mm-hmm. a CGI Jabba, it was cut because it was then redundant. I just don't like the redundancy. You know, when, of when it. I was a kid, I was able to reconcile that scene because I was like, Han Solo has like rehearsed a story that he's just going to tell to anyone who gets in his way, and that he's once again he's kind of like the smarmy like no good guy so far and so he needs he needs a good story to get him out of a get him out of a pinch and so that, that's kind of how i reckon so I, I thought nothing of it honestly i guess so isaac i, I think <laughs> <laughs> you're so mean today Jake. <laughs> no. i think it's a case of just because you can do it doesn't mean you should yeah and george is always like well if i can do it i'm going to do it and because they have the technology to make Han walk over Jabba's tail, even though Jabba was a human in the in the you know when they filmed and everything, like just because you can add that scene in there, I don't know why he had to add that scene in there. You always hear creators talk about how you wish that you could go back and change things, mm-hmm. and I think that George was just one of the first people that had the audacity that's like these things have always bothered me. I'm just gonna do it, mm-hmm. and I think that somebody had to do that because somebody was gonna do it. The fact that it was Star Wars irritated people. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know if this is true, and none of us were alive at the time, so I don't know if we should bother asking the question, but I have heard it said that the reaction to the special editions wasn't that negative when it came out. What it seems we weren't alive. When or, we, well, we were alive. When were you born? We were, we were alive. We were alive. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. We were definitely alive. I wasn't truly alive but until I was 12 years were old. Were we aware of the cultural impact mm. of the special editions? Probably not. No. Culturally... We weren't woke yet. No. So, I don't know. I'm just trying to stay woke. Was the (laughs) Hey, I'm just trying to not stay broke, which means I want some money in my pocket. That's a no K2S joke. (laughs) So, was the backlash more after these special editions happened, or people were like, nah, that was fun, or was it more after The Phantom Menace came out and and they didn't like that, and then they started kind of revisionist style saying, hey. Could be. That also sucks. I don't remember. I was... It's Nine. fun to be angry for some people. I just it definitely for me. It's at a tell. certain point, like I just don't have the energy to create a strong opinion on the special editions, and so I'm just oh, I'll God. just watch whatsoever in front of me. Honestly, I don't I care just, that much. I, I just... really do not care. My last strong opinion is again at the end of Jedi, which we didn't talk about enough. I let's talk about it some. More. It seems like a little bit of a um, a little bit of a finger to people who said when George is saying you don't like the prequels. Well, here, now you can't take it out because we've got Coruscant, which we've never seen in anything else. We've got Naboo, which we haven't seen in anything but the prequels. And we've got Hayden Christensen, who is now the the, the Force ghost. Let's talk about and, this. And to me, that's, that's the most this. egregious thing. Okay. General egregious. Let me. You think that's general egregious? Yeah. I think it's generally pretty cool. Why? That's a change that I really like. I am a defender of Hayden Christensen. At the end to of this day. Of the Jedi. Why? To this very day, to this moment, to this second, I defend it. Why? I was really confused as a kid when I first saw Return of the Jedi. I was like, who is that old dude that I've never seen before? <laughs> Jake, because <laughs> now I was a stupid kid with yeah. a small brain. But <laughs> what's good about it is that it's established when a Sith turns to the dark side, that their former self dies. Yoda says it in episode three that, you know, Anakin's gone. Kylo Ren... 
He's not a Sith, but he like totally is the same thing. In The Force Awakens, he refers to Ben Solo in the past tense. He's taken on a new persona. So when Anakin, quote-unquote, died, he was that. He was Hayden Christensen in Revenge of the Sith. At a certain point, Anakin died. He became Darth Vader. And so I like the fact that when he died, after he redeemed himself, he became the true version of himself when he was at his best, which is not an old man, which he never really became as Anakin. Mm -hmm. He was Anakin. He was the person that he was always supposed to be. Obi-Wan was the best version of himself after he had more enlightenment when he finally gave that information to Luke. So it makes sense to me that they're not younger like Ewan McGregor and CGI Yoda. What if Vader had died a week after Revenge of the Sith? Would what he be back saying? as a Force ghost? Well, he wouldn't have redeemed himself, so he would okay. just be dead. So he, be a he, he gained the ability hole. to become immortal as a Force ghost after he redeemed himself. So why isn't he that version? I, I don't understand why he's... I get what you're saying. I don't I don't know if I buy that. He wasn't redeemed. You don't gotta buy it. My opinion's free. <laughs> he wasn't redeemed as, as young Anakin. He was redeemed as an old man. That's a deeper discussion I feel like a lot of people have had as to, like, was Anakin truly redeemed at the end of Return of the Jedi? Because some people would say no. The movie mm-hmm. tells me that he was. Yeah, so, so I, it's just, it's some... just because he's a Force ghost, like, how else would he be there? But I don't know. Well, I guess... <sighs> I just like it. <laughs> yeah. It aesthetically doesn't really bother me and as a person who grew up with you know being exposed to all of star star wars <laughs> to storage wars star wars, wars i was exposed to all of star wars at the same time there was no new or old star wars it was all kind of new all the stars all at once all the stars all the wars to me anakin was hayden christensen so it was cool and it was immediately understandable to me that that was anakin that the mm-hmm. anakin that we knew and loved that was a good-hearted person was there that's how george explains it on the special not special but this this, uh commentary tracks he explains that as you know you are kind of resurrected in this form as the true version of yourself there's a best version of yourself I like that. I think that's cool. We'll, we'll I talk, also like the end of Lost, so we'll, I can't really. I don't know what to tell you. We'll talk about the Force and stuff like that more because I I don't like a lot of choices George made when it comes to, to the thing that he invented. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if he invented it. <laughs> Just know. because it's his doesn't mean every choice he makes is good. Some guy invented Coke, but so some guy also exactly invented diet. Well, guys, we did a podcast. I think that we should mention that. The original trilogy are the foundation and the heart of Star Wars. These are things that we're going to talk about in depth mm. once we get past the movies. This is not the end of our discussion of the original trilogy yes. by a long when shot. People, no. When people say, was this element of this current Star Wars movie or this prequel Star Wars movie, was this Star Wars, did this feel like Star Wars, did this follow the beats of Star Wars, people are talking about the original trilogy. Yeah, this no is, one's yeah. talking about my favorite movie, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about the original trilogy. Yeah. So we didn't talk in depth about every single scene about them but that's because you don't need to it's been done to death there's more interesting ways to approach these movies which we're going to get into in other episodes mm-hmm. so i just wanted to say that because we we you know barely touched the surface of these movies there's a lot more to say and we are known for 
talking a lot. So we'll say more stuff about it. It's right in the name of the podcast, guys. Yeah, I'm known for talking a lot. Because we, guys, we only have The Force Awakens to go. One more movie. And then we, like, have to find our sea legs pretty fast because we got to talk about other stuff besides just these movies. I mean, listen, I like the Shinshog. The Shinshog. End of bit. I love the Shinshog. Jake. There's a song by the Shins called Sea Legs. I was going to reference it. It doesn't matter. I love the Shinshog, too, so don't worry. Shog Guerrera. The Shinshog. So, guys. Oh, sorry. No. Were you going to say something? No. Are, are, are we going to find out where to find us? I was literally about to say oh, all good. those things. Okay. Just, I didn't trust you for some reason. I don't know why. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm your bro. I'm your co-host. Are you a chill bro? I'm a chill bro. Me and oh, Qui-Gon and, and Palpatine. Palpatine should get a drink sometime. <laughs> hang out. We'll talk about sending kids into podcast, dangerous situations. <laughs> we've established pretty much every single character in the stock as a chill bro. Between the men they're and the women, they're all chill yeah. bros by this hey. point. Now... You can find us in person if you know us in our personal lives. You can just come say hi. Just come say hi. Uh, and that's most of our listeners, so just do that. But <laughs> if, if you're you... Ryan Johnson, come for that bro hug. We're not joking. Hey, and you're going to have to hit us up on Twitter first. Our Twitter is at Graham Off Talking, no apostrophe. You can find us on email. You can find us, but you can send us an email. We're right there. Just look for us. <laughs> find our email account. Just browse what's going on in there. The password is. <laughs> By the way, I don't even know the password. <laughs> We should probably get that out. Oh, wait, I totally do. You yeah, texted it to it us. You. All right. People want to know that. <laughs> we're our uh, uh, grandma talking, no apostrophe. And don't write out no apostrophe, by Please the way. Please don't. Grandma talking at gmail.com. You can uh, find us individually on Twitter if you so desire. I am at Jacob Kreitz, C R I T E S. Isaac? I am at IREC, E Y E W R E C K. And Riley? Riles Bowman, R A L E S B O W A N. We mumbled those pretty horribly, so good luck finding us. But, uh, <laughs> but guys, this has truly been another episode of Grandma Talking. And if I gotta, do I gotta you, say you something. Notes? No, I want to do it. Do it, guys, listeners. Well, let it. it be known. I'm going to attempt to do this without notes. Oh boy, I don't think I can do it. But in my opinion, this has been a delicately curated, long form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, and we brought it to you in. Weekly something loquaciously by your host. Now, Jake, <laughs> is this tailored? In weekly, is this tailored for the modern fanatic? It was tailored for the modern okay. Swift <laughs> in lovingly in weekly instruments <laughs> by your Colin Josts, <laughs> Riley, hey, me, and Irek, the Great Pit of Fortune. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Oh, there it is. Isaac making annoying sounds right into the mic, just like Who all is Isaac? Yeah, that was definitely oh Riley. Who is open? I don't know. I think it's because... <laughs> for those of you listening I have no at excuse. home, there's... I don't get you confused. <laughs> I've known Isaac for a lot longer. Um, I just don't think when I talk, words fall out. That'll be surprising for people to hear. Um My favorite TIE fighter scene, X-Wing 
U-wing, Y-wing, Z-wing. We all scream for Now I know wing. my A-B wings. Next time, won't you wing with me? I'm Isaac. What do you Dream say? Dream off talking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, this is a horrible podcast. Um...